Hello, welcome to the Stubborn Tortoise Podcast. I'm Donna Pastera. I think this might be the third time I've recorded this one today. Uh, I was having a little technical issue uh, with my um, platform, blah, blah, blah. No one cares. Anyway, um, hey, hope you guys are having a good week. Um, mine's been okay. I, uh, it's funny today in my Facebook memories, I, uh, was, was shown some photos of, uh, me and my buddies from the Rio Grande Valley, um, working the aid station at J and J, which is a race, uh, put on by Tejas trails, as you know, uh, or you may know, or you should know, um, which is sort of an homage to Joe and Joyce Prusatis. Uh, the original uh, founders of Tejas Trails. And uh, in 2015, they sold their company and decided to retire, although they're still very involved, but um, to Chris McWaters uh, and, of course, my dear friend PJ. Well, he ended up buying into it later with Brad Quinn. Anyway, hey. Um, but the J&J race is uh, an homage to you know Joe and Joyce, and it features a hundred k. I'm trying. To, I, I can't remember all the distances. I want to say fifty k, twenty five k, ten k. Blah blah blah. Yeah. Anyway, it's held out at Camp Eagle, which is a um, a compound for um, young adults, youth, um, to uh, you know for for retreats and you know uh, team building and things like that. And forgive me if I'm not getting this in. in exactly right but that's my you know grasp of what this place is it's beautiful it's way out there it's um in junction texas or outside of junction texas which is about an hour northwest of kerrville um, texas so yeah it's it's off of i-10 but away um anyway my first aid station captaining experience was at camp eagle the, the previous year um, and, uh, yeah. And so it was after that experience, after driving my poor Honda fit, um, uh, over the potholes and, you know, rocks and whatnot of Camp Eagle's eight mile entrance driveway, if you will, uh, that, that prompted me to buy my Subaru Forester because I knew I could go off road with that thing and, uh, sleep in it. So, Hey, it's good for you know, trail racing. And, uh, anyway, so this particular year, which was the second year, uh, a bunch of my friends from the Valley came up and, uh, at my behest and, uh, I integrated them with my other trail team, the San Antonio rock hoppers or the heart of Texas rock hoppers, um, a very accomplished team of runners who, win races and do amazing things. This isn't to say that the Rio Grande Valley trail runners are not capable because a number of them have. Um, but anyway, it was kind of fun kind of mixing my, my two groups of, um, you know, trail running friends, um, to run a, to run an aid station. And, uh, this thing starts, uh, on a Friday evening, um, and ends on a Sunday afternoon. And, um, yeah. And it was, it's great because you get these, uh, the Camp Eagle features a lot of, I mean, I, don't, I, I have no idea how big it is. It's, it's enormous and it doesn't have a lot of cell phone service, but you can find Wi-Fi if you 
are down in the areas near the pavilion or the coffee shop or the game room. And, um, but you, if you know, you know, um, anyway, but otherwise you're sort of, you know, out there in the ether for, you know, a weekend and which isn't so bad, but anyway, this race uh, starts on a Friday night for the hundred K and then the following day or the following morning, I think there's the 50 mile, 50 K blah, blah, blah. And, um, and my aid station, I forget what it was called at the time, but we, um, we were around the six mile mark and we we're kind of like up on this hill and, um, yeah. And so it featured, you know, my friends, you know, Joey Guerrero, uh, Silvana Vela, Beulah Flores, Austin Shields, Normita Lozano, and others, uh, along with my friends from the uh, Rock Hoppers. And um, yeah, my hat's off to the folks from the Valley, especially because that's a long drive. It's like about a seven hour drive. I mean, even for those of us in San Antonio, it's about a two and a half hour drive. So, I mean, God love y'all. Um, but yeah, so everybody, you know, was, was awesome, you know, in terms of, you know, providing sustenance and support for our runners. And, uh, yeah, so it was really fun and I, I really enjoyed it. And it's, I don't know, I love volunteering. I also love running races, but you know, sometimes it's really fun to just give back. And so there's that. Um, that said, I, <laughs> poor Joey. Joey, uh, yeah, made his way up to Camp Eagle in a Cadillac, which was, you know, his car at that time, and um, ran out of gas. And so he's up there, and we're in the middle of nowhere, and he needed to find gas. And God knows, I, I don't even know where the closest place is that you find gas unless you get like about, you know, 15 miles down toward I-10, you know, I, I really don't know, but fortunately because Camp Eagle is a self-supported kind of atmosphere, you know, they have their own dining hall, et cetera. Um, they had, uh, gas for him. So <laughs> thank God for that. Let me also just tell you something about Camp, Camp Eagle. Um, it's huge. Again, as I said earlier, I, I have no idea how big this place is, but it's, it's got this, um, it's got like all this random construction equipment, like hanging out. I mean, it reminds me of like bedrock and the Flintstones. Um, there's a submarine up there. Okay. I swear to God there is. And there's just all this random stuff. And if you get lost up there, it's really sucky. Okay. And that's happened to me before. And, uh, especially in the dark and you're sort of like, okay, I don't know where I'm at. I know the first time I volunteered up there or I worked up there, I was trying to find my way back to the, you know, cabins. <laughs> I couldn't figure it out. And so I was like with my sleeping bag and pillow and I was ready to just lie down on the side of the road and just sleep until daylight. Uh, fortunately, my friends from the Valley, uh, a different set of friends, uh, happened to show up in the dark at like, I don't know, it was like 1 a.m. or something. And, they're, and I'm like, I mean, I was waving down. I mean, I would have waved down anyone, but thank God it was my friends. And there they were. And I'm like, oh my God, thank you 
for finding me. Let's figure this out. And so there we were. Anyway, Camp Eagle is a wonderful place. And that um, experience was really cool. And like I said, it came up in my Facebook memories today. And that's going to be the episode art uh, for this episode. Hey, I think that was redundant. Anyway, um, the other thing I want to talk about real quick, um, many of you know that I am a uh, feral cat colony owner. I don't know if that's the right word, but you know, I'm, when I first bought my house in 2018, um, it came with one cat that I called Negrita and she, she has the most mournful meow. I can't even do it, you know, but anyway, she's funny. She's black. Imagine that. And then about a month after I moved in, there were like these kittens that sort of showed up from underneath my house and they were like all lying in a pile. And I'm like, oh God, now what? And um, so I decided that, well, I should start feeding them because they're, you know, their mom is nursing and she needs sustenance. And so this is how it starts, people. Um, Next thing I know, yeah, so there we go, Um, you know dozens and dozens of kittens later, um, I finally figured out how to trap, neuter, and release these cats or spay, neuter, and release. Um, yeah. And so, <laughs> uh, but I want to, I want to give a little shout out to one of my first kittens that I named Rory. He was an orange and white cat. And he was one of those first kitties that was, uh, you know, came out from underneath my house. And what was so sweet about him was that he, uh, he might see me from over at my neighbor's place. You know, he'd see me and he'd come roaring across the yard because it was like, feeder is giving out food. Let's go. <laughs> and so I called him Rory and I, I socialized him. He was so sweet. He was just lovely. I mean, I could hold him. He would purr. He would just, he would come to me, you know, I could call him Rory and he would, you know, come running or he would, you know, silently meow because he acknowledged his name. And he kind of had this like kind of high pitched voice. Uh, He was when I first, he was one of the first um, guys that I got neutered at uh, animal care services. And, uh, but uh, unfortunately, one of the problems with him, and, and which is the problem with some of these, you know, outdoor cats, is that they don't live long lives. And it kind of took me by surprise. I mean, he started losing teeth, and you know, and I would have taken him to animal care services. But here's the thing: it's like when he was a baby, or you know, when I first got him fixed, he is the only out of I have no idea how many dozens of cats that I've taken over there to get fixed that had a lot of trouble coming out of the anesthesia. And I was terrified. I was just like, okay, I don't want him to die. I, 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 you know, I, I, I can't do that. And so I just sort of, and my sister had a cat that had teeth problems and lost teeth, but you know, cats sort of are adaptable and whatnot. And I'm sorry, this is really not about running, but it's about life. Um, but anyway, um, long story short, earlier this week, Rory died and I found him in my side yard and, oh, it was hard. It was so hard. He was like five and a half years old 
and I called my neighbors and they came over and Laura and I, you know, put him in some plastic bags or his, you know, body in plastic bags, which I kissed. And then her husband, Eddie buried him in my backyard. And it was sad. It was just super sad. It was sort of like the end of an era in a way. Um, but I was so glad that I was able to bring so much joy to his life. And I'm hoping that he knows that I, that he brought so much joy to mine. Uh, Cause he was, oh, he's just, he remains in my heart as one of the most special cats that I've ever known. Anyway, God, I am the weird cat lady. Um, anyway, but outside of that, then this week um, I trapped the big baby mama. Woo. I was so proud of myself. I got Bella. Bella has produced easily a half dozen, if not more, litters of kittens. And, uh, you know, and I kept telling her, it's like, Bella, you have to understand, you don't have to do this all the time. In fact, she gave birth to another set like two months ago after giving birth to, you know, a litter four months ago. I mean, it's just like, dude, you know, you need to like stop. But I got her. Here's how I got her. Okay. So we have the trap. Uh, we put it in my neighbor's yard, but I've got newspaper that lines the bottom of the trap. And I put some wet food at the edge of the newspaper at the far edge and shoved it all the way to the back. And she went in and I waited until her body was all the way in. And then I <laughs> shut the trap. And we got her. And I was so flippin' happy. I know. I feel terrible, but not really. I feel, you know, sorry, not sorry. Um, I mean, she doesn't need to be having all these kittens. Um, but the other one we got, or that I got, was Polka. Polka was one of the kittens uh, born from, oh, my God, uh, Wheeler. Oh, Lord. You're gonna, you just love all these stories, don't you? Uh, Wheeler was, I, I named her and I didn't even realize she was a her until we got her fixed and she had kittens. And about three years ago, I had a litter of kittens that were sort of stuck. They decided to like nest in the uh, inside of the wheel of my car or, you know, my front tire. And so I called her Wheeler and um, yeah. So anyway, I had no idea that this was a girl, you know, but then we did. But she had an, uh, a litter of kittens probably, I don't know, in the spring, and she had four, one of which were was killed by uh, a pack of dogs that I don't, I don't want to tell, tell that story anymore. It's it, That was traumatic. It was horrifying. And just suffice it to say, I chased those dogs away with, you know, the kitty, the dead kitty in one of the dog's mouths and uh, waited until the cops got there so they could take them away. And again, I don't really like, you know, I'm not an advocate of putting down dogs or whatever, or creatures that kill others, but this had to happen because the owner we found out, uh, was an, uh, 80 year old woman whose son, uh, owned them, but the dogs really started to become mean to her. And so, you know, she's just like, take them away. Um, so anyway, out of that litter, yeah, so we had that little calico sweet girl and then Polka and a couple of others. 
and I socialized polka and uh, animal care services showed an interest in him uh, this week and he was adopted today. I'm so happy. You have no idea how happy I am. It makes me cry a little, but I'm happy. So there's that. <clears throat> anyway, hey, Donna and her cat stories. Let's shut up. Okay, final little piece of the rodeo roundup. Woo! Uh, so I actually ran this after this morning. It was like, uh, we got rain a little bit this morning. Uh, and, you know, I just keep praying that it's going to, you know, the you know, torrid heat and humidity has to end. It's gonna, it's gonna, it has to, hasn't yet. Um, but anyway, it rained this morning. And so I was like, all right, let's do it. You know, so I was like, all right, let's go run just a little bit. And so I took my sad carcass over to uh, Mission San Jose, uh, around 11, which was kind of dumb, but it was like incredibly overcast and it looked like it was going to rain. In fact, it did rain just a little bit over there. So I was like, all right, this might be okay. You know, it, it wasn't insanely torrid at this point, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I made it, you know, I made it, you know, three and a half miles, I guess the whole trip, you know, or whatever. But, um, as always the sun came out, you know, you know, and, and, you know, it was just sort of awful and, uh, you know, I was kind of dying toward the end, but nonetheless, I managed to get, you know, that done and it gave me some hope. It gave me some hope that maybe I'm not done with this whole running thing. I mean, I know I, I've said this before and I'll say it again. It's like, I rediscovered my love of this sport, if you will, today. It was like, okay, it sucks. I hate it, but you know what? I can still do it. And it makes me feel better and almost, I don't, it's not ironically, but I don't know, cosmically, uh, a song by, uh, Mama Cass Elliot came on my headphones. Um, and it was, it, 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 it just sort of reminded me of everything that I needed, uh, you know, to know. And it was, uh, and actually I'm just going to play the end of it. Uh, for the end credits and I'll probably end up in hell because it's probably not going to let me, uh, <laughs> let me keep this song, but it's uh, make your own kind of music. And it's like, I don't know. It just kind of reminded me of me, you know, make your own kind of music, make your own special song, make your own kind of music, even if no one else sings along. And that's who I am. I'm an outlier. I get it. I mean, I'm not like the average Joe and I'm cool with that. And I embrace it. God knows I embrace it. Um, but I'm going to play a little snippet of that song at the end and I hope it doesn't get taken down. But anyway, uh, but if you, if it does just look it up, Mama Cass Elliot of the Mamas and the Papas. Yes, I'm old. Um, make your own kind of music. Um, anyway, I think that's all I've got for now. I'll see you next time. You got